Yes, it is time. It is time on this wonderful summer night for Therapy Thursday. Come on in the room. Come on in the room. I believe somebody's going to get healed on tonight. Somebody's going to get free on tonight. Bitterness is going to get released from our hearts on tonight. Come on in the room. Tag somebody. Text them the link. Let them know Therapy Thursday has officially started, and I need you to join us for this session. You know how I like to do. I want to start off by saying congratulations. Congratulations for showing up for therapy. There's so many things that you could be doing right now, but you have showed up for therapy. Congratulations. Can I get you to tag somebody all up and down the thread? Just tag somebody. Congratulations. At John, congratulations. At Sarah, congratulations for showing up for therapy. Why are you congratulating us? I'm glad you asked. It is because peace and chaos show up each and every day at the door of our life in the form of choices. Already giving you gems. Peace and chaos show up each and every day at the door of our life in the form of choices. And you have made a choice to be intentional with your becoming. You have made a choice to be intentional with your evolution. You said, you know what? I'm deciding I am no longer gonna postpone what God wants to do in my life because I'm not healed in this area. You have decided I am no longer gonna postpone the blessing that God has designed and constructed for me because unaddressed pain keeps evolution stuck in transit. We have only been on here, what, three? Four minutes? Unaddressed pain keeps our evolution stuck in transit. And hear me, how you steward your current wounds will affect how you see tomorrow. That's why we're here for therapy, because we recognize how we steward our current wounds will affect how we see tomorrow. Because the goal should be to turn the wounds into wisdom, not the wounds into paranoia. <laughs> Can I get somebody to put that in the room? We are turning our wounds into wisdom. We're turning our wounds into wisdom. I'm so excited that you are joining me. Rather, if this is your first time or you are a faithful reoccurring participant to Therapy Thursday, or if you fell off but now you're back, I'm so thankful that you are joining us. This is something that God birthed in my soul to facilitate along with my brother Isaac Curry um, towards the holiday season of the 2021 calendar year. This is something that the Holy Spirit really burdened me with to help my individuals, help my children heal on the inside. And that's what we strive to do each and every Thursday. Sunday, you get your spiritual nutrition. Um, also, Therapy Thursday can be spiritually nutritious for many of us. But most importantly, I want us to be able to be healed on the inside. So when God gives us a command, we don't have to book a session with our wound first, but we could just follow through obedience. And so this is really one of my greatest passions and my joy is to help us heal on the inside. So I want to share something with you that I learned. I learned this about seven years ago. Seven years ago, this was a, a purposeful pain 
that I went through, but it really taught me a very valuable life lesson. And that is storms and trials don't always come in our life to just expose what's in you. Sometimes storms come to expose what's in those around you. One more time. Sometimes God will allow trials and storms to occur, not to just expose what's in you, but rather to expose what's in those around you. You wouldn't know the loyal from the fake if you didn't go through that. That storm exposed not just what's in you, but also what's in those around you. You wouldn't know the loyal from the opportunist if you didn't go through that. You wouldn't know the lovers from the users, the people who genuinely love you versus the people who are just there to use you. You wouldn't know the lovers from the users if you did not go through that trial. Sometimes God uses and allows trials to happen so that it could expose not just what's in you, but also expose what's in those around you. You would know that Peter was that courageous unless you went through a storm. It shows you, man, Peter got some courage. Peter walked out on water in the middle of the storm. I didn't know he had that much faith. I didn't know he was that bold. Sometimes it takes a storm. I'm doing this session on tonight really for two reasons. Two reasons on why I believe God has anointed me for this moment to help us heal on the inside. The first reason I'm doing this Therapy Thursday session on tonight is because I don't want you to label the wounded version of you as your personality. So good. I'm doing this on tonight because I don't want you to label the wounded version of you as your personality. Per adventure, this is not who you are. This is who you became due to who they were. I feel this, y'all. This is not who you are. This is who you became from the divorce. This is who you became from the molestation. This is who you became from the church hurt. This is why hell tries to partner with pain because pain, many times the enemy can use as his security deposit that you will never be that version of yourself again. You'll never, how many of us have said, I will never do that again? I'm never. Pain, many times the enemy tries to partner with it so that he can ensure that the version you're supposed to be, you'll never, you'll never be that version again. Never be that version of you again. John 10, 10, the thief. Remember, this is how he is described. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The satanic burglary weapon that the enemy uses oftentimes is pain. I want to steal that version of you because I know that version that God cosmically created for you to be, you're gonna need that for your assignment. That version of you, you're gonna need that for your mission. You're gonna need that version of you for your ministry. You're gonna need that version of you for your book. You're gonna need that version of you for your podcast. I'm talking to somebody. You're gonna need that version of you for your marriage. You're gonna need that version of you for your future marriage. You're gonna need that version of you for your children.
But that is what the enemy hopes that pain does. I hope that that wound never becomes wisdom, but that wound becomes a barrier. That wound becomes paranoia. So I could steal, heal, steal, destroy. I could steal the version of them that they were called by God to be because I know they need that for their assignment. I'm doing this session on tonight so that we won't mislabel our personality due to our wounds. You won't label the wounded version of you as your personality. The second reason I'm doing this on tonight is because I really, like I genuinely pray that this therapy session and every therapy session can be an investment in your soul care. I pray that this session can be an investment. And hear me, you can never invest in you too much. You can never in invest in your obedience, your devotion, your healing. You can never invest in your becoming too much. Your destiny requires a developed version of you. I'm doing this because I really want this to be an investment in your soul care. Simply put, the quality of your heart and the quality of your soul affects too many people. I make it personal. Jerry, the quality of your heart and the quality and the condition of your soul affects too many people for you to ignore when the limp is still present. This is so good, y'all. The quality, hear me, the quality. This is why I had to heal. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't get the healing, the therapy, the wisdom from recovering from pain that happened to me, 2018 and other years of my life. I wouldn't be doing this, but I recognize that the quality of my heart and the quality and the condition of my soul affects too many people for you to ignore when the limp remains. In 2011, I had a hairline fracture in my shin uh, from running and from being on a step team. I was a step team high school, college. Uh, we had a step team at our church. Really, really loved stepping and we we stepped holes in the flow. <laughs> like, we broke stages before. I mean, just stepping hard. Um, and I, I had pain in my shin. And when I went to the doctor, after they did an x-ray, they said, hey, you have a, a hairline fracture in your shin. You need to wear this boot for seven to eight weeks. And so um, I put on this boot. I wore it for seven to eight weeks. And on the eighth week, when we had the x-ray again, I said, like, okay, you're healed. You no longer need to wear that every day. Um, just make sure that you're taking care of yourself, take it light, um, so that this doesn't, you know, reoccur. And I noticed the strangest thing. When I was no longer wearing that boot, I still kind of walk with a limp. <laughs> it's like the boot was a little higher than the average, than my, my shoe. So it kind of caused me to have like a little limp when I was walking. And I noticed even when I wasn't wearing the boot, I still was walking like I was. This was my conditioning, not my condition. 
Did y'all hear me? This was my conditioning. I was still carrying myself like I was still wounded when I was no longer wounded. And I wonder how many of us are walking based on how we have been conditioned versus your accurate condition. In other words, you could become so used to trauma that you don't know who you are healed. You could formulate your identity with betrayal so much so to where betrayal doesn't shock you, loyalty does. <laughs> this was conditioned, but not my condition. And it's possible, possible that many of us have taken on a nature, a perspective, a mindset, a viewpoint from a boot that you were wearing versus God actually healing you right now, restoring you right now, but you can't see yourself beyond the divorce. You can't see yourself beyond what mama said. This is why we do this. We can say all day, scripture after scripture, which is valid, which is powerful. I'm not minimizing the breathed word of God. But what I am saying is that our soul can't fully digest it because of the wounds that are still in our heart. But the goal is to turn the wound into wisdom versus the wound becoming paranoia. Let's, let's speak around this thought from this subject for just a few moments for this Therapy Thursday session. They used me. Oh, I feel it, y'all. Already. Gosh, I, if I would have had this in 2018, <laughs> they used me. Anybody ever been there? Hand raise, emoji. Anybody ever been used? All right. Let's see how many real people are in the room. How many of us have ever used people? See? See? How many of us have used people to try to forget another person? Use somebody else as a practice field while you discover yourself again. How many? See? Yeah, they used me, but is it possible you used somebody else? <laughs> as I told us, the biggest red flag is when you can't see that you're one. That's a whole nother Therapy Thursday. But for the purpose of this session, they used me. They used me. Let's deal with that. God, thank you for being our king. We can call you Abba through the powerful work of the blood of Jesus on the cross and the mighty work of his resurrection. We're praying right now, God, that you give us the wisdom the spiritual strategy, and also the kingdom perspective to heal holistically so that we won't live our lives walking around with a broken perspective because of what broke us. Help us heal and forgive those that used us. Now we're also asking that you give us the biblical, spiritual, and emotional intelligence so that we will not be used again because of our ignorance. In Jesus' name, we're asking that you do it. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you put in the room, amen, amen, amen. They used me. They used me. I have a sneaky suspicion that there are people watching this on tonight that 
you are getting used to getting used. <laughs> I'm getting used to that. There are people watching this that you are getting used to getting used because unfortunately, our world is filled with chronic users. Chronic users who say they love you as long as they could use you. I love you, but what they really mean is I use you. And I love you as long as I could use you. When I no longer could use you, isn't it amazing the people who no longer call us when they no longer could use us? Isn't it amazing the people who don't reach out to us when they no longer could use us? Like you're always there for them. You will jump an ocean for them, but they won't cross a puddle for you. They used me. Our world is filled with chronic users and a sign of a user. Ooh, it's about to get real. The sign of a user is when your giving is expected, not appreciated. Talk Holy Spirit. The sign, if you want to identify a user or if you're one, the sign of a user is when you're giving, your heart of generosity is expected. I expect you to pay for this. I expect for you to fund this. I expect for you to for you to pay for the meal. I expect for you to catch me when I fall. I expect it when our heart, the heart of generosity is expected rather than appreciated. This is a sign of a user. I'm just convinced family, when feelings are congruent, effort will be too. Torrance, did you hear what I just said? When feelings are congruent, effort will be too. But users don't show effort when they don't get anything in return. They'll be as nice as they want to be until they get what they wanted. Users, users, users. Users, it's gonna take some serious wisdom to have a big heart and to be a giver in a world full of users. Users, user society. User girl meets user guy. User girl and user guy date. And then they do something terrible like get married to each other. Why do you call it terrible, pastor? It's because marriage requires sacrifice. Marriage is a lifelong covenant of sacrifice and serving each other until death do you part. Serving each other for better or for worse. Serving each other. Oh, but users are repulsed by serving when they don't get a benefit, a bigger platform, or anything back. Users, they are repulsed by serving any person or any place that does not grow my platform, doesn't get me likes, and does not benefit me. I am a typical user. User, user, users. They like to say things like, I love you, but truth is, I love what you could do for me. In fact, let me put my foot on the gas a little more. Love is revealed in the attitude of a person when you make a decision that's best for your health and your purpose, but it doesn't benefit them. One more again, not one more time, 
One more again. Love is revealed in the attitude of a person when I make a decision that's in the best interest of my health and my God-given purpose that does not benefit you. I see it all the time as a pastor. I need to be there for my children, my, my wife, or we just want to spend some time together. Vacation, I'm not gonna be there this Sunday. Oh man, pastor not gonna be here. Oh man, I came here for nothing. Oh man, okay. Um, you said you love the ministry, you love Jesus. Did you come here for Jesus? Or did you come here for me? If you have an attitude, because I'm making a decision that's in the best interest of my mental health, my emotional health, my marital health, my fatherhood, and that does not benefit you, it's the sign of a user. Listen to the vessel, whoever it is. Listen to the vessel. Users, users are individuals that your giving is expected rather than appreciated. Can I get us to put this confession in the room? Everybody, let's put this confession in the room in all caps. Can I get us to say, God, help me to win on the inside so I can go from enduring to enjoying. One more time. God, help me to win on the inside. Make it personal, tap your chest. Help me win on the inside so I can go from enduring to enjoying. This session on tonight is to help us so that I can ensure that we are not labeling our wound as our personality. And this session is also going to be an investment in your soul care. I wanna help somebody. I wanna help somebody who has a routine or a pattern of planting your heart in the garden of people who don't water things. Ooh. I want to help us because somebody watching this, you keep on planting your heart in the garden of individuals who don't water things. They are not a fountain, they're a drain. They're not a cup, they're a straw. They're not a lift, they're a weight. Ooh, they're not a lover, they are a user. And so when this happens many times, we can't discern the individuals in our life who is who are enriching the soil of our becoming or they're waiting around to consume the fruit that's a user this is why certain people come back because they consumed your fruit went out consumed other people's fruit then they recognize uh oh what i had was rare and then they try to come back and consume yours again because leeches live off of host did y'all hear what leeches live off of host I set this statement in 2021, and I just want to echo it again now. Pain builds walls, but healing builds doors. I'm praying with this session and each and every therapy session that I'm providing you with a door. You can come out of that. You can come out of that. I want this to be an investment in your soul care because the quality of my heart and the condition of my soul affects too many people. I'm talking about you, not me. The quality of your heart and the condition of your soul 
affects too many people. There is a passage of scripture I want to bring um, to your attention. Most of the time when individuals speak about Daniel, they only talk about him in the lion's den. But I want to talk about before he was ever thrown in the lion's den. There was a routine that Daniel had, okay? Because Daniel had some haters. The governors, the satraps, the council, they couldn't stand Daniel. And the only way that they knew that they could trip Daniel up is if it had to do something about Daniel's commitment to God. So they went to King Darius with this idea, with this decree that nobody can make a petition to any God. We have the statue that we built. Nobody can make a petition. And they were doing this because they knew that Daniel was faithful to the true and living God, Yahweh. So when Daniel heard the news of this, this is what I want us to see. Daniel's cha Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 is where we're hopping with this uh, biblical narrative. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 it says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his window open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. The power of this text that I would like to dissect with you just for a few more moments and then you could go on with your night, is where it says, as was his custom. He knelt down three times a day. So I'm not seeking God when I'm in trouble. I'm seeking God out of my relationship. Daniel had a pattern of constantly going before the Lord to make sure his heart was in right standing, to make sure his soul was cleansed. Therapy is great. Community is great. Discipleship is great. We need all of them. But we also need to take our soul and spirit to the doctor. <laughs> when was the last time you allowed the doctor to perform a physical? This is so good. When is the last time your soul had a physical? Do you only bring your health and your spirit to God when you're in trouble, when there's a crisis, when there's danger? Or do you have a pattern and a routine? I'm constantly going to make sure that the Holy Spirit is cleansing me. I'm constantly going to make sure that I'm healthy, on the inside. It, it reminds me of when I was trying out for sports in high school, football team, basketball team. We were not allowed to try out without a physical. Some of you probably already know where I'm going. Before we were ever allowed to wear a jersey, before we were ever allowed to even come to practice, before we were allowed to even try out the coach said, I need a health professional look at you on the inside. It's like a coach told me, Flowers, you appear to be great on the outside, but I don't know your condition on the inside. See, you look 
like you could perform in the playoffs on the outside. But I don't know if your heart, your lungs can handle the pressure on the inside. You look like you could handle the intense heat of football on an August night. You look like you can handle it, but I need another opinion to see if you're healthy on the inside. I need to see if there's health on the inside. What is your pain response? How do you handle pain? Some of us try to drink it out, smoke it out, club it out. In fact, ooh, your last two marriages were a pain escape attempt. Your last Three relationships were a pain escape attempt. You were trying to escape from pain. And I'm here on tonight, similar to my high school coach, saying you look okay on the outside. Your profile pic, you look great. Your post, you look great. But how are you really doing on the inside? Because it's possible due to being used, it has affected the condition of your soul. Your soul is your psychological self, your emotional self, your mental self, your imaginations, your desires, that part of you. You look okay. I can't see your soul from your profile. I can't see your soul looking through this camera lens. When is the last time your soul got a physical? Where God is like, I understand that you need healing and therapy from what happened, but you're trying to heal apart from me. This is why you need, you feel you need that nicotine because you're trying to heal apart from me. This is why you always go to the alcoholic beverage aisle every single day. You have a stressed out moment. You go there because you're trying to heal outside of me and you cannot heal or fix spiritual issues with natural remedies. I need this session, Jerry, to be an investment in their soul care. Because you can't see with the natural eye if they're healthy enough for playoff pressure. But I want, I want to meet them right where they are because some of my people, I can't even use them because of who used them. I, I am limited on using them because of who used them. So obedience is delayed because paranoia is present. I'm limited in using them because of who used them. And I want to give their spirit and their soul a spiritual physical. I want them to heal on the inside. I want to remind us that one of the most value, valuable possessions that you and I have is our peace. <laughs> one of the most valuable possessions that you and I have is our peace, and peace is a kingdom exclusive. It is exclusively for those who live and belong to the kingdom. Everything else is spurts of happiness, but peace, that's Jesus stuff. Joy, that's Jesus stuff. How long are you going to want my stuff without wanting me? Peace, that is a kingdom exclusive. That is exclusively for those who reside in the kingdom. And it's possible that who used you, 
was an individual that also has affected your peace. Also affected your peace. Because when peace vacates, pieces relocate. One more time. When peace vacates, pieces relocate. Pieces of your mind have relocated since that peace has been vacated due to who used you. Pieces of your heart have been relocated. You no longer feel or serve like that because peace has been vacated due to who used you. Scripture has much to say about peace. I want to give you passage after passage. Proverbs chapter 16. Verse 7, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him because peace is a kingdom exclusive. Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep him in perfect, what's that word? Peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Peace is a kingdom exclusive. It is exclusively for those who belong to the kingdom. Everything else is spurts of happiness. Many of us have been mislabeling spurts of happiness as the peace of God, but the peace of God surpasses all your understanding. I'm talking about peace that doesn't make sense. It is a kingdom exclusive. John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Not in your weed, not in your bullet, not in your addiction, not in your drink. In me you may have peace. In the world you will, not you might. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Peace is a kingdom exclusive. It is exclusively for those who belong to the kingdom. More Bible. Psalms 119, verse 165. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Passage after passage. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. What does supplication mean? It is the one I know who meets my supply. The one I'm reaching to. The one I'm calling out to. The only one who can supply me in this area. Supplication. Root word, supply. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God and the peace of God. That's what we want. I feel this, y'all. Somebody watching this, that's been your prayer. I just want peace. I'm tired of insomnia. I just want peace. And it's possible because we haven't healed right just like me, you are still limping in the next season. You are still limping in 2023. And it's not always due to your condition, but rather due to your conditioning. Perfect peace. Peace is a kingdom exclusive. And peace affects pieces of our life. So, as this is an investment in your soul care, because your heart and the quality of your soul 
affects too many people, I wanna give us some soul hazards, meaning things that are hazardous to the health of our soul. Y'all ready for this? Okay, number one, secondhand smoke relationships. That's hazardous. Secondhand smoke relationships. What fragrance do you pick up after hanging with them? Secondhand smoke. It's like going to a barbecue, not eating the barbecue, but smelling like barbecue because you're around people who barbecued. <laughs> Does that make sense? There was a odor that you picked up due to that relationship. There was an aroma, aroma that you picked up due to that location. This is why many times God installs a season of separation in our life. I want to separate you to wash you from that aroma. I want your life to be a fragrance, not an odor due to who used you. That's an odor. Your attitude has an odor due to who used you. I want it to be a fragrance due to who loves you. I have to separate you to wash off that odor. I separate you to make you unrecognizable to those who only know you by your wound. Second-hand smoke relationships. Number two, a soul hazard, unguarded gates. What do you mean by that? You have two main gates, your eye gate and your ear gate. I'm not talking about your mouth gate. That's a whole nother uh, therapy Thursday session about discipline and stewardship, but your, your, your ear gate and your eye gate. It's possible that I'm listening to things that's reinforcing the pain of me being used. It's possible that my playlist <laughs> is reinforcing the pain of when somebody used me. And so you walk around, if you don't want me, then don't talk to me. Go ahead to someone. So you, you have this pain. You don't want me, then don't talk to me. You all feeling this pain. You're fueling it because of somebody who used you. It's possible, I'm telling you. It's possible that what we're putting in our ear gate is affecting the condition of our heart. Eye gate too. Whatever I'm putting before my eyes is also affecting what my soul craves for. Unguarded gates, which is your ears and your eyes. Number three, what is a soul hazard? Continued exhaustion. Continued. I understand sometimes you're exhausted. I've experienced it, especially lately with Josiah. He's new. This is not a pattern of my life of being exhausted. It's we have to adjust to what is it like to be parents now of three. Your wife is healing from a C-section. She's limited in her ability. So you're going to be tired, Jerry, but it's not a continued lifestyle of exhaustion because that's my routine. Continued exhaustion continued exhaustion. This causes for us to have what I like to call faith with the cold. Saved and sealed, but emotionally sick. Saved, you saved, and you sealed, but infected with emotional influenza. Hey, we're having a gather, come on. <coughs> no, I don't trust people. Hey, we're all coming. <coughs> I don't do people. 
faith with a cold. Because I'm exhausted, sometimes physically, but I'm exhausted of being used. This has me to a place where I won't even take the medication from healthy people that God is sending. Because just like the enemy sends people, so does God. And you and I are not wired to live on E. Matter of fact, what type of person are you? If your gas light come on, are you pulling over? Or are you thinking, I can make it? I've been here before, I know my car. Have you ever ran out? So you technically, technically don't know until you ran out. Continued exhaustion. Fourth soul hazard, speed. I've been on that a lot lately. Really been on that a lot, really trying to inform individuals, hey, I'm learning this quickly, especially with this building process that we're trying to get this building. I'm learning, hey, just because you in a rush doesn't mean God is. God is not in a rush and hell loves ignorance and when we are impulsive. Because when we rush, every cautioning of God is seen in a blur. Soul hazard. Number five, easily offended. Well, how is that a soul hazard? Because we are people who quickly cut off what convicts, but are okay with binging what contaminates. I'm just trying to get my church family to understand that on Sunday. How is it we are easily offended and cut off things that convicts, but you avenge what contaminates the soul? Easily offended. I need healing and emotional maturity because I need deep waters so I can stop being impressed by shallow conversations. Soul hazards, soul hazards. Number six from our text, we're seeing the opposite of this. Uh, um, number six, a soul hazard is minimal intimacy. Daniel had a routine of constantly giving his soul a physical, constantly putting it before God to be washed, constantly depending on God, constantly seeking God. He had a relationship. You cannot get close to anybody you don't spend time with. Matter of fact, you begin to create scenarios in your mind if you haven't spent time with them. If you used to spend time with a person a whole lot and you haven't heard from them all week, you begin to wonder, what's wrong with them? You reach out, they don't answer. Man, did I do something? You start to create scenarios in your head because the lack of communication causes for your mind to drift, especially when you are communicating every single day. And many of us, we do God like that. 2020 pandemic, every day we praying. Life gets a little better, we don't pray as much. Why? Why? Do they want me to heal them from who used them when they're really using me? See, but God's not like man. God is so good that he will still love us, speak to us, speak through us. His goodness is what leads us to repentance. That perspective changed my life. I always thought it was wrath because that's, that was what was preached all the time. You don't do this, God going, and there are consequences with sin. There is judgment when we live outside of the will of God. But I never fully understood it until I was at this youth camp that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. He's so good that I have to turn away from being so foul. He didn't deserve that. He deserves my worship. He deserves my praise. Minimal intimacy is a soul hazard. 
Lastly, number seven, untreated pain. What is that? It's mold on the heart. The reason I want us to see this, and then I'm gonna give you a few points on how we could prevent um, being used again. The reason I want us to see this is because prevention is easier than repair. So if, if we can get preventative measures, I have to be mindful of what I'm putting in my gates, my ears, my eyes. I have to be mindful of secondhand smoke relationships. That is preventative measures because prevention is easier than repair. So what do I do to make sure that I'm not used again to the best of my ability? Number one, you must discern pearls and pigs. You must discern pearls and pigs. Matthew chapter seven, verse six, Jesus puts it this way. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. What is your pearls? Pearls is what's valuable to you. It, it, it's, it's, it's wisdom. This is something I value. I value my time. So don't waste it to pigs. Pigs are individuals that can't identify what's valuable. Your time is valuable. Your heart is valuable. Your conversation is valuable. Your presence is valuable. Don't cast your value before people who don't recognize what's valuable. Discern pigs and pearls. Number two, how do I ensure to the best of my capability? This is on your part, not paranoia, but wisdom, because we want the wound to become wisdom. So number two, we must establish boundaries because takers don't leave voluntarily. Boundaries are the investment we make to ensure that takers do not vandalize our peace. Because remember, peace is a kingdom exclusive, and you have to have discernment of pearls and pigs Boundaries, boundaries. This helps me identify lovers from users. Those who love me versus those who are just trying to use me. And last, number, uh, number three, don't allow giving to give you significance. Please don't. You are setting yourself up to be used. Don't allow giving to give you significance because watch this. If you allow giving to give you significance, you'll confuse your contribution as confirmation. And users love when you can't discern that I'm using you for my gain. Last point, and we're done. Inspect for reciprocity. Reciprocity is the sign that somebody values a thing. And anytime we're in a space or a place that has a pattern of taking and never giving, they traffic and using. Because users view your giving as expected versus appreciated. God give us this wisdom to be able to walk around with your love and allow our wounds to become wisdom so that we won't, in our ignorance, continue to allow people to use us, which will affect the condition of our heart and our soul. Heal us on the inside so that we can go from enduring to enjoying. In Jesus' name, amen.